you. It's this series about the habits that we have and the fact that we form habits and then really we are the product of those habits that are formed in us. We're the, we're the sum total of, of the things that we, we do over and over and over in our life. And some of those things are good things. We have uh, some good habits in our life that define who we are. Uh, but we also sometimes have things in us that we wish uh, we didn't have as a habit that uh, we would like to break the cycle. And that's what this series really is all about. It's a, a scripture in Romans chapter 12, verse 2, that says, Be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. This scripture is our, our launching off point each week in this, uh, because it's talking about not... Not carrying over the habits that you had before you were born into Christ. Not, not carrying those, those things over. Don't be conformed. Don't go back to the form of the world. But instead, you have been transformed. When you came into Christ Jesus, there was a transformation that took place. When you received the gift of the Holy Ghost, and you committed your life to God, you were no longer choosing to be conformed to the world. You chose to no longer take on the form of the world, to no longer look like the world or act like the world. From that point on, you were going to look different. You were going to act different. You were going to be different, talk different. It's no longer going to be who you used to be. But instead, I want to mature in Christ. Ultimately, what I want to do is I want to prove what is that acceptable and perfect will of God in my life. And that's really our goal here is to mature in Christ by creating some healthy, godly habits in our life. And the this name of this series isn't just habits, but it's uphill habits because anything that's worthwhile is not easy. It's uphill. It takes a little bit of work. And most people, even ourselves, we could say this about ourselves, that most people have uphill hopes, but they have downhill habits. But we're wanting to, uh, we're, we're wanting to cr- uh, create some uphill habits that it's not just a hope of doing better. Even though hope is a powerful thing, hope is a motivator to do better. Hope is something that can get you started, but hope is not going to sustain you. Hope is going to, uh, is not really going to be that full strategy to get you to where you want to go. We need to form some habits in our life and that takes some work. That takes some intentionality on our part. And so, uh, this, uh, just to do just a little bit of review, the first Week two weeks ago, we discussed the habit of the first things in our life and how the first things in our life have power. They matter. They, it's telling us what our priority is. And when you give God the very first part of your day, or you give God the first priority of of what you're doing, then that is God is going to come and and bless the rest of what you do. Last week we 
looked at habit number two, which is that we need to get uh, our thoughts in order. We need to control our thoughts. And we looked at some practical ways of, of doing that. About the things that we intake into our minds, the things that we allow to come before our eyes, and we, we allow ourselves to, uh, to contemplate and to think about, and, and, uh, and, and those things. We looked at some practical ways to control our thoughts or to uh, allow our thoughts to be on godly things and not on destructive things. And so, uh, today we're gonna look at another habit here, which is to keep my life aligned with my purpose. I want to keep my life aligned with my purpose. I have to keep my life in, in, my, er, in line because there is a reason that I'm on this planet. There's a reason that you are on this planet. You have a purpose on your life. I was... I was listening to a, a conversation this week, just a, a podcast uh, conversation that was taking place, and it was with a um, an astrophysicist or I don't know, some kind of uh, I don't know exactly what his degree is, but he was uh, he was contemplating his his whole job is to contemplate uh, large matters of of the meaning of life, and he was. Uh, seemed as though, I guess he didn't express it as such, but it seemed as though he was an atheist or didn't believe in God. And uh, he was approaching this from that perspective of the, the cosmic, uh, everything that's out there. And he began the conversation by painting a very bleak picture, which is that, uh, that out of all of this, you know, the universe doesn't care at all about you. And that all of this is one day gonna, uh, you know, is gonna crash in on us and, and at some point all of humanity is going to, uh, not be in existence anymore. And he painted a, painted a very bleak picture. And in my mind, I was thinking, what then do you have to live for? What, what purposes do you have in your, in your life that, uh, when, when all you think about, or, you know, in your mind, it's, it's just about, you know, we're, we're living in this, uh, vast universe that, that's in control and eventually it's going to, or, and he was, he was painting the picture about how, you know, at any time, it, you know, I could wake up any day and the universe just collapse in on us and, and we, we can no longer be here and, and I believe that God is in control and that God placed us here, not at the, at the whims of the universe to be in control, but God, he is the author of, of all of this. He's the one that breathed all of this into existence. And this man was, uh, even, even, uh, interjecting about how there's, there was all, there was a beginning to time. And he was talking about, you know, if there's a beginning, then, there could be an end to time. And, and I'm, I'm thinking, there's a beginning to time. Yes, when God spoke life into existence, there was a beginning to time. And when, when you look at it from that perspective of knowing that there was one who has always existed, there is one that pre-existed time as we know it. Which blows my mind to really think about a God that has no beginning. And he has no ending. 
I can kind of wrap my mind around eternality in the future, but to wrap my mind around eternality in the past is is a little bit mind bending to me. But but there is a but that is the reality of God that He has no beginning, He has no ending. But when He spoke, the worlds were formed, and when He began to, in His creative power, form man out of the dust of the earth and he laid there and he began then to breathe the breath of life into man and we were made and formed in his image in his likeness and he breathed that breath of life into into mankind and when he did so he gave us purpose he gave us a a reason to be here he even specified it to adam he said i I want you to go and into the garden and to to keep it to dress it and 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 then he he gave uh mankind purpose throughout as as there was a a conversation or a relationship between god and man and god always had purpose for man I believe it's Jeremiah that said, I'm getting way off my notes on all this, but I believe it's Jeremiah that said before I, or when I was in my mother's womb, I guess that maybe it was David, when I was in my mother's womb, that God, he knew and he had every thought planned out for my life when I was still yet to be born, that God had a purpose that was placed in your life for you to fulfill and and you're not going through this life purposeless. Don't go through this life purposeless. And uh, no, you have a purpose on your life, which is to, uh, well, I guess we, we can dive into this in just a little bit. I don't want to get too far ahead of myself. Our habit today is to keep ourselves aligned with that purpose. You know, if anybody's ever been to a chiropractor, that, that chiropractor, they, they fix a pain that's in your side and you're hurting maybe on your side or in your back or something. And, and uh, you go there and they go down to your leg and they pull your leg. And it's like, no, the, the pain's up here. And they, they pull and they, they manipulate some other part of your body. And, and why would they, you know, why are they manipulating that? It's because all of it works together. Because your spine... Perhaps is out of alignment. And when you get your spine out of alignment, it affects other areas of your body. Then you begin to have some aches and some pains because your spine was out of alignment. And, and you may to, you may try to, to fix your neck or, or your shoulder, but that's not really where the problem is at. The, 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 the pain that's in your neck or your shoulder is caused by, uh, misalignment somewhere else in your body. And, the problem is that you need to get aligned again. And that's what the chiropractor is working on. It's getting you back in alignment and the proper alignment of where you need to be. So, and that's, it's, it's, it begins, uh, perhaps in some other part of your, your body. But I can't think of anything more important than keeping yourself in alignment with why you are here on this planet. And you could try to fix a whole array of issues in your life, but if you could just figure out what your purpose is and then align yourself with that, then that's going to do a whole lot more for those problems than anything else that you would have done. 
You can have a lot of things that are weighing on your mind, you know, these, these issues and, and things that uh, you know, are causing you uh, uh, headaches and, and just, just wondering, you know, how, how do I uh, go about this and that? But if you can just figure out, God, what is my purpose and get an alignment with that, it's going to fix because it's going to put in, perspi- in, in right perspective these other things. That's what it's going to do. So if you want to write down uh, in that, that first check mark that we have there, if you're following along in the notes, the re- this, these are reasons why it is so critically important to be in alignment with our purpose. And the first reason is because I have a purpose. Because I have a purpose. That every one of you has a God-given, God-designed, God-framed purpose on your life. Every one of us. You have, you have a, something that God has spoken into your life. And if you can uh, figure out and get in alignment with that, a lot of other issues, a lot of other problems are going to come in a right perspective and, and are going to uh, be figured out. We... See, David, he said it in Psalms 139, verse 16. He said, thine eyes did see my substance, yet being unperfect. And in thy book, all my members were written, which in continuance were fashioned, when as yet there were, was none of them. But we read that in the, in the NIV, which is what we have there in the notes. It says, all the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. That all my days, that all of the things that I would, uh, my, my purpose uh, in life, before my life even began, God already had a purpose set out for me. God already had a path set out for me. He had a plan set out for me. Before all my days were even ordained, God, you knew what my purpose was in this in life. And some of you are maybe thinking, yep, well, I've already messed up that book. I, I've already you know, skipped a few chapters and, and, and written a bunch of chapters of my own in that book because I, you know, God from the very beginning had a, a certain purpose for me, a certain plan, and, and I've, uh, I've gone off on my own path a bunch of times. And while that is true for every one of us that we've gotten off script at times. And none of it surprised God, though. And God has this unique ability to make the last chapter that He wrote to fit. No matter how those chapters have come together, no matter that that next chapter in your life is just one step away. To get back on course to the purpose that God had ordained for you from the very beginning. You're you're one step away from from getting right back into into alignment with the purpose of God. If you you could come to Him and say, God, realign me. Get me back into the book. Get me back into the purpose that you had ordained for me from my very beginning. You're one step away from that right now. And you may feel as if your life is way off track from what 
what it probably ought to be. But God is saying, if you will just come to me with an open heart and ready to make the necessary changes, then you can get right back on track to your purpose that I had ordained for you from the beginning. I don't care how many mistakes you've made. I don't care how far off you've, how far off script you've gotten. God wants to get you back to that purpose that he had for you from the beginning. For we are God's workmanship. This is in Ephesians. This, uh, uh, talking about our purpose. It says, for we are God's workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works. Which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Let's look at that. Let's dissect that just a little bit. You are God's workmanship. Do we have anybody in here that's, that's a craftsman or, uh, or a artsy, uh, individual that, that creates things? Anybody in here? It could be out of, out of, out of wood or out of, uh, I don't know, out of, I guess all kinds of materials that you could create things, that you could be a workman and, and this is, this is what it's, it's talking about here. It's, it's, it's a masterpiece. It's a one-of-a-kind painting. It's a one-of-a-kind uh, thing that God is, is, is forming. And, and you are the workmanship of God. You are that one-of-a-kind piece that God, from the very beginning, He says, I have a special purpose set out for you. And that you exist not to work, not just to pay bills, not just to, to go to school, not, not just to live. No, you exist to do good works, it says in the scripture, which God prepared for you in advance. In other words, God had the thing for you to do first, and then he made you. He had the purpose Already in mind when you were still being formed in your mother's womb and then you were birthed and he says, here's your purpose. You weren't born and then God said, ah, let me, let me think up something. I need to, need to try to figure out what, what am I going to do with this one? And God begins to go through the, go through your life and, and, and think about, uh, you know, I don't, I don't know about that here. I don't know if they'll fit in here. No, God already had the purpose in mind before you were ever born. Everything up to this point that has not been aimed at that purpose is just stuff that the devil has tried to get you to do so that you're not fulfilling what God always intended for you to do. And it's the will of our flesh that will pull us and, and resistance uh, to the, the, the purpose of God oftentimes. Now, I've heard someone say before that we need to live by design not just by default. And we need to live our lives on purpose. We can't live it by default or we can't just go through the motions of life. Let's realize that God has a plan for you and let's live according to that plan. Okay, the second reason why this habit is so important is because there is competition for your time and for your attention. There's competition. I don't know if you've ever noticed that. I'm sure you have. But advertisers and media of all sorts are competing for your attention. And they're pretty good at getting it most of the time. 
If you let someone else define your life, they will define it. If you don't decide to define your life, the rest of the world will define it for you. If you're not intentional about the things that uh, are forming you, then the world has an agenda and they're pretty good at it of getting you to do the things that would that they could profit from and that they could uh, get you to go down a certain path. And 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 but if you're intentional about about the path that you're taking and the, the decisions that you would make, then uh, then. then You've realized that you, you see the onslaught of media. You see the onslaught of, of everything else that's it's coming against you and trying to pull you this direction and that direction. It's in Ecclesiastes 4, verse 6. that says, better a handful with quietness than both hands full together with toil and grasping for the wind. That's a, that's a scripture that our culture today ought to get a hold of. A very consumeristic culture. It's saying, a hand, in other words, I'm grabbing something that I'm never going to be able to grab a hold of. I'm, I'm trying, sometimes we try to grab a hold of things that, uh, that are just, they're not going to lead us down the path that's, that we want to go down. There's, there's things that we, we try to get, uh, this handful of, of quietness is better than grasping for the wind. It's, uh, that grasping for the wind is like always just trying to accumulate everything. You're, you're trying to, uh, build bigger barns and, and, and have the best of everything, keeping up with the Joneses all the time. And, and it's, it's never, never gonna satisfy you. That, purpose perhaps that you have in your life if it's driven by the things of the world if it's driven by the american dream the american dream is not god's dream our consumeristic culture is not god's kingdom culture and oftentimes we can we can overwhelm our schedule but an overwhelmed schedule often produces an underwhelmed soul That by packing it full of, of this and that and, and trying to chase after everything uh, and, and not leaving any time for God, it oftentimes will leave us wondering, what is my purpose? Why am I here? Point number three here of why we would align our life to our purpose is that time is short. Time is short. You're one day closer to the end of your life than you were yesterday. Not a profound statement, really, but it's true. But also, I believe that all of those signs that the Bible tells us to look out for in the end times are coming to pass. We see them unfolding. It's becoming pretty obvious that Jesus is going to be returning. Quicker than probably any of us could imagine. And because of that, there's no room for us to just live casually. A who cares kind of life. There, there's not room for that. James, he said it this way. He says, go to now. 
ye that say today or tomorrow we will go into such a city and we will continue there a year and we'll buy and we'll sell, we'll get gain. Whereas you know what, or you know not what should be on the morrow. Then it goes on to say, for what is your life? It's even a vapor that appeareth for a little time and then it vanisheth away. For that you ought to say, if the Lord will, then we shall live and do this or that. Now, you don't have enough time to be messing around with this or that. You, you need to figure out what is God's purpose for my life and then go and live out that purpose. That's what I'm going to do. I'm going to live out the purpose of God in my life. Dr. John Maxwell, I'm sure some of you have read his books. He, he has this statement that he makes. He says, I'll never change my life until I change something that I do every day. He's talking about these habits that we form. You'll never change your life until you change something that you do every day. And many of us want to, change, want to be changed, but we don't want to change what we do every day. Right? Because it's not easy to do. It's not easy to make those changes. But if you just keep on doing what you're doing, then you're going to keep on getting what you're getting. And I submit to you that if you get God's help with this, then he will help you to master the habit of getting your life aligned with your purpose. We're going to look at four things today in doing just that. Mastering this habit. First thing is to decide what is important. If you're honest, a lot of our lives are, are not being defined by what is actually most important. They're being defined by the urgent. I didn't put a... Uh, there, there's a box that you can make. Um, you've probably seen this, this uh, diagram before, but uh, about the things that are urgent... Um, but uh, but important, those things a lot of times get our attention. Also, though, things that are urgent but not important can get our can steal our attention and steal away our productivity and the things that we do if we're not careful, because they appear as urgent but they're not important. There's other things that's not urgent and not important, but yet sometimes we do them, like sitting down and binging on TV and uh, and just sitting on the couch and. And doing things not urgent, it's not important, but yet, uh, if we are not careful, we'll allow that to, well, our lives to just be spent in a box that's probably the worst of any of them, which is the things that are not urgent, they're not important. But the area that really we need to be intentional about are the things that are important in our life, but not necessarily urgent. We don't feel the, the urgency to do them because perhaps it's, the long-term things that God, uh, that, that we're supposed to be doing. And, and in that, we need to be very intentional about living and, and going after the things that truly are important, but they don't have the, the, a sense of urgency, um, just naturally in them. And, and that's the area that I want to live in. We want to make sure that we're going after the things that are important in our life. A 
There's a joke that I, I think I've told this before with this, but it kind of tells this story itself. There was a man who, he went to Super Bowl, and his name was Hank. And Hank, he came into the game a little late, but he, he quickly made his way to his seat at the 50-yard line about halfway up. And he had these really great seats. He paid a lot of money for these seats. And as he sat down in that seat next to him, the, there was an empty seat. And Hank, he, he said to this guy, he said, you know, uh, who's that seat for? Oh, that, that seat was for my wife. Oh, so your wife isn't going to be coming. This is an expensive seat right here, 50-yard line of, uh, of the Super Bowl. And he and, uh, says, oh, yeah, she's, yeah, she died. And the man says, wow, that's, that's awesome that you still held, held on to that seat in her honor. That's, that in her honor, you didn't just fill this with a friend or a family member, to which this man replied, well, I, I would have, but they're all at my wife's funeral right now. He had his priorities a little bit out of whack. You know, there's, there's, there's a, there some important things that we ought to make sure that, that we have as the most important areas of our life. And we want to make sure that, that the, the important things remain the important things. And we don't get our priorities so out of order that, uh, that, that we're going and wasting our life doing the things that we enjoy, but they're not truly leading us down the path that we know we ought to be going. Here's how Paul said it. He said, but what things were gained to me, those I counted loss for Christ. Yea, doubtless, and I count all things but loss for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ Jesus, my Lord. For whom I have suffered the loss of all things, I do count them but dung, that I may win Christ. In other words, he's saying there's a lot of things in my life that I would like to do. I count them as gain. I, I, I would count these things uh, and, and be able to tell my friends all about my accomplishments. But when I present this to, to Christ, he says, eh, no big deal. What you think is so important really is not getting you any closer to your purpose. It's not getting you any closer to what I have formed you and made you and breathed the breath of life into you to do. That God is, is calling you today to be a minister. That God is calling you to go out and to, uh, and to, to reach the lost. God is calling you today to uh, step into that that purpose that he has for you that maybe you today you're saying well i'm not i'm not called to be some minister i'm not called to uh to, to step into the you know position of um, of spiritual uh authority in any sense but but that's really what god has called every one of us to do he's called us with the great commission to make disciples. He's called every one of us to live on mission every day uh, as we go into our workplace, as we go into the place uh, of you know, just where you enjoy being, the, the places where you live, work, and play. 
That God has called you to remain on mission, which is to present the kingdom of God and to tell others about what God is doing in your life. That's what God is calling you to do. This is the purpose that God has set out for you. We have to decide what's important and give that priority. The second thing, we need to give calendar time to the important things. Calendar time. What I mean by that is, it's, I guess, pretty obvious, but it's crazy how often we can have things that we say are values, but then they don't show up on our calendar at all. Talked about this on, on Wednesday a bit that, uh, that there was this, this parable of the, the two sons that Jesus, uh, that Jesus was telling and the one son who said, yes, I'll go and I'll do what you're asking me to, but yet he didn't do it. And just intentions to, to say, and to say that you agree with, with what's important doesn't actually equate to going and doing the things that God has called you to. So give calendar time to the things that are important. Make sure that you, what you value and the purpose for your life is actually showing up in your calendar. Make time for renewal. Make time for relationships. I guess I'll go back. I'm trying to hurry through some of this. We're coming to a close quickly. Make time for renewal. What I mean is have some time for rest. Don't completely overbook yourself to the point where you don't have time for God to speak into your life and to breathe into your life that's, um, that's rest that you need. Make time for relationships. Godly relationships. Relationships with others who aren't in this church. Make time for relationships. Make time for for people that you can connect with. If the only people that you ever are, are in association with, the only people you ever talk to are the people in the church, then how are you ever going to tell somebody else about what God has done in your life. Let's make some time for relationships. And let's make time for reward. Part of your job is getting ready for that final exam. And one of the questions that God is going to ask you on that final day when you stand before him is, how did you leverage the things that you were given in life? How did, how did you make purpose of your life? And God, he says, I gave you some things. It's this parable of the talents. I gave you some things. What did you do with the things that I gave you? Did you make the world better? Did you, did you invest what I gave you and, and uh, double it? Did you, did you do something with the, with the gifts and the callings that I had on your life? And if you didn't, if you didn't, if you didn't do any of that, then, then, from the parable, we see that the one servant who had all these things, that, that this purpose that the master had, had placed in his hands, and this, these things that he placed in his hands, and he didn't do anything with them, that servant was cast away, while the other servants who did something with their purpose, they were the ones that got the eternal reward. Better finish this up quick. Eliminate the non-essentials. Talking about mastering this habit of, uh, of of making sure that our life is aligned with our purpose, 
And by, to do that, eliminate the non-essential things in your life. There are things that just don't belong in your life. They have no business being there. They take up, and they, or they have no business taking up as much time as they do. In fact, don't make a to-do list. Sometimes we need to make a not-to-do list or don't-do list. A list of things not to do. Because we can, we can have a, a list of things to do, but, but there's oftentimes uh, you know, things that if we reflect back on our week or take an inventory of, of really what's taking up our time, if we made a not-do list of, of, you know, these are the things that I know are time wasters. These are the things that are not essential. And I'm not going to do those things today. That's a, that's a good start on making sure that your life is in alignment with your purpose. And this last note here is right in alignment with that, is that we should regularly take inventory. Wouldn't it be a a good use of your day to just stop and say, where's my life out of alignment? Take inventory. Think about it. Maybe you have some things in your life that, that you would like to fix, but perhaps most of those things are caused by something in your life that's out of alignment. You're perhaps chasing after a bunch of things in, in your life, and maybe it's on the job or uh, it's in your family, and, and you have all these issues, and you don't know how to fix them, and, and you are spinning your, your wheels because you're just trying to fix this and trying to fix that when instead God is just asking you to take inventory of your life and what, are you, what is your real purpose? What, are you, what am I really calling you to do? Stop chasing after all these little fires that are out here and instead let's just get in alignment with your purpose. And we'll, all this other stuff will settle out. I'll just close with this Scripture here in Psalm chapter 39. It says, Lord, make me to know mine ends and the measure of my days, what it is, that I may know how frail I am. Behold, thou hast made my days as a handbreadth. Mine age is as nothing before thee. Verily, every man at his best state is altogether vanity. That it's all just about chasing the things that we want. It's all just about chasing our, our, our own wishes and our own desires and making ourselves you know, look good in front of others, all of that's going to be vanity. At the end of the day, it's all vanity. But instead, if I can chase after the will of God for my life, if I can chase heaven's throne, if I can chase just pleasing my master, if I can just chase just being in his presence, on your fearfully and wonderfully made you have a purpose on your life God wants to do exceedingly abundantly above all that you could ask or think he has great things in store for you let's not waste our life chasing after things that don't matter let's not waste our life by being out of alignment with the plan of God for your life And you may notice today that I didn't 100% define exactly what your purpose is because that's going to be birthed out of prayer. If you're today, you're questioning, God, what is my purpose? God, what what is it that, that I'm supposed to be doing? That is going to be birthed out of a time on your knees with God.
And we could, we could go to more scriptures and, and point to, to more things that's, uh, that are you know, our purpose in life. But, but when you begin to get on your knees and spend that time with God, that quality time uh, with Him, He begins to, to speak into your life and to tell you, this is what I'm wanting you to do. This is what I'm calling you to do. I wonder if we could, as our Sunday school classes are making their way back in, just slip up a hand into the air, close our eyes. We're just going to pray today. Lord, I, I thank you. 